You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is January 19th. 2021 on the show today connor jones and i had a conversation on monday night about the new the moves the washington nationals had made we'll discuss those and then part two of this podcast will be released on wednesday and it will be about the moves going on around the league and also what moves we think the nats still need to make uh today's show is brought to you by built bar go to builtbar.com right now use that promo code locked on for 20 percent off on your first purchase also, you guys will notice I'm still getting through some congestion right now, so I apologize on the show for that, but just a heads up. But yeah, first part of this podcast about moves the Nats have made this offseason, specifically the recent signing of John Lester. Hello, everybody. Locked on a Nationals podcast here on this Monday. Connor, I was trying to wait out some of the news, but obviously... Friday was such a big day. You know, the Nationals avoid arbitration with two of their players, um, Juan Soto and Trey Turner. And the, the big news really for them heading to the weekend was, you know, let's see what some other dominoes drop. DJ LeMahieu felt like it was a big piece. But the Nats on Monday have decided to make a move, and it's official on Monday night. We saw some heat around it all day long. But the Nationals have now signed veteran uh, pitcher John Lester to a one-year deal. And, and, you know, you and I discussed at the points in this offseason of the team getting younger, uh, certainly not getting younger with John Lester. They're not getting younger there. Absolutely not. But they are finding somebody that is going to be able to hopefully trustfully eat innings in the rotation. When you look at his baseball reference page, as I just found out the hard way, looking at his fifth, thinking I was looking at his ERA. If you look at that fifth column, the last five years or so do not look great. For example, the 4.39 fifth, but 3.32 ERA um, in 2018, when John Lester actually led the league in wins going 18 and six. So depending on what numbers you look at, you may feel one way or another about this signing, but the Nats at least do know what they are getting from kind of a professional perspective. They're adding in just kind of like similar to what they were getting with Anibal Sanchez, a fourth starter that's going to go out there and hopefully give you a chance to win and get and eat innings while they do it. I mean, he's a guy that threw hundred over 171 innings in 2019, which I'd say is pretty good out of your fourth starter in a rotation, especially when you're trying to keep that bullpen fresh, hopefully for a playoff run towards the end of the year. So they should still be dom- dominant Washington at the top of the rotation and whatever they kind of get with John Lester at four. It's honestly, in my opinion, a little hard to say, but if it doesn't go well, then they can probably try and find somebody close to the deadline to, to fill that slot. Yeah. And I think, like you said, the innings part of it is important because this is a guy that has made, you know, if you look at his, you know, just, just the amount of games he's been able to pitch, he started 32 games in three consecutive, four consecutive seasons for, the, seasons for the Cubs. Then 2019 gives him 31 starts. And in 2020, he gave him 12 starts. And no, he wasn't impressive, but for the Nationals, you know, I'm not saying him eating the innings is going to be great, right? I, I think the one hesitation I would have is how much different is, is this going to be from Anibal Sanchez last year? Because on a day-in and day-out basis, Anibal Sanchez's performance were not good enough. They were just, um, you know, they were unacceptable. Now, the numbers for 
for Lester are a bit better, but I would say the trend and his age give you some pause and make you worry that maybe he he would perform at a level like uh, Sanchez was last season. Yeah, well, that'd be a disaster. There's no other way to put it. I mean, Anibal Sanchez had a 6.62 ERA and was taking the team out of games before the third inning very frequently. So if it does work out like that, it's it's quite frankly not going to go well. But with John Lester, you you hope that there's still something left in the tank, especially coming off a shortened season where he didn't have to fire as many bullets as you would have to over the course of a normal 162-gamer. He's, he's such a professional, and we've seen kind of with the postseason success that he's a guy that's going to go out there and grind for you on every five days, and I think that's what Washington's trying to get here. The one thing that I think I would notice or point out, too, is that Kyle Schwarber and John Lester both have experience with David Martinez in the past. Right. I think when they're making these moves, the two guys they got – Martinez is bringing them in for a reason. And it's not just about what they can do for you on the field. It's kind of the guys that they're going to be in the clubhouse and, and what he knows about them from experience regarding their work ethic. So I think the kind of players that they're bringing in, I think, I think that the fact that both of them have played for, for Martinez in the past is not a coincidence. I, I agree with you. I think that makes a lot of sense. And you and I had also talked about the fact that Martinez was finally able to get his people in from a coaching perspective. Right. And so now he gets the coaching people he wants in. And now, you know, he's got the chance to bring that in a, in a player sense too. And look, I think there is a matter of trust there with Lester. And also, you know, let's move on to the, to the other part. You and I have not talked about the Kyle, the Kyle Schwarber deal. Obviously we mentioned on this podcast, but you and I have not had to have a conversation yet. There is an element of the Kyle Schwarber deal that makes you say, yes, Davey Martinez has some experience with Kyle Schwarber. So that could be a positive marriage for the nationals. Yeah. Kyle Schwarber offensively. I, I still think he's somebody that can give you a lot. He's going to draw walks and he's going to get home runs. It's, it's the strikeouts and the average that were a problem last year. But when you look at the guys on, that were on the Cubs last year, it just, it, something just didn't click there. Right. The entire year. It's like you look at every player across the board almost there. And it's like they weren't what you would anticipate them to be. Like, I don't think Schwarber's going to come in here and hit 188. I don't anticipate that at all. I think you're going to see his power numbers go up. I mean, 2019, it's kind of like a Josh Bell scenario where this guy had an OPS of 0.871. So if you look at the last full season in baseball, Kyle Schwarber was a, a really solid contributor to the offense. The thing that's going to be so important with him is if you're going to have to have him out there in left field, Victor Robles is going to have to bounce back defensively to hopefully mitigate Kyle Schwarber's weaknesses a little bit. All right, more from my conversation with Connor Jones coming up in a second, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Are you guys ready for the NFL championship games? What about the NBA season? What about college basketball, hockey, all that stuff? There's only one place that has you covered, one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action today. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They've got 18 flavors, six new flavors, including caramel brownie, 
cookies and cream, cherry bar, chia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also have those 12 original flavors, all with chocolate, six with nut, six without nut, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee, almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off on your next purchase. While supplies last, you also have a chance to win a free cooler as well. Once again, promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Also, go check out the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you guys get your podcast. All right, back to the show. Yeah, that's that's the one area we, we mentioned. And look, that was a team last year in the Cubs. They couldn't hit. They couldn't hit fastballs. It was a really odd thing to see, especially for that group, for them to struggle that much. And um, another added element that we bring in here is that, like, th- these guys are all going to be protected, right? There's going to be a – there's a certain part of this we have to look at. Look, that front part of the lineup is going to feature Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, Josh Bell, Juan Soto, and also Starlin Castro, right? So there is an idea of these guys are going to get some pitches to hit because – you know, you can't pitch around all of them, right? This, this is not a situation where you can pitch around Josh Bell. You can't just pitch around Kyle Schwarber. So I, I think that while there should be some concern, right, about the the Nationals bringing in two guys like Schwarber and Bell who strike out a whole heck of a lot, there is also the other side of the coin, which is, look, that lineup now, especially the front part of it, if you if you you know if you just want to go straight up, hey, try to pitch around us, you, you can't. You, you really can't with that front part of the order. Yeah, and Kyle Schwarber, if you try and pitch around him, he's going to take the walk. Right. He's not a guy like Castro from an approach standpoint where he's going to go up there swinging out of his shoes at everything he gets. He's going to strike out his fair share, but he's kind of he's kind of like an Adam Dunn offensively where he's going to he's going to hit home runs and he's going to take walks and he's going to strike out. And at the end of the year, if Kyle Schwarber plays like he's capable of that's going to be a that's going to be a good solid season for them offensively and give them more depth than they had especially in 2020 yeah i also want to i mean let's talk about the opposite side of it though because last because last year you and i had talked and we said look this team lacked individual pop we mentioned they working at first base but how many times was you know a 3-1 game 2-1 game either way nats were up nats were down and they couldn't generate any individual power, right? They'd strand guys on base. They just needed some guys to get some solo shots, you know, or maybe you know, just just to kind of drive one somewhere. They've gotten that. But do you think they overcompensated a little bit by getting both Bell and Schwarber? Not really, because first base is a position that they they had to upgrade. Eric Thames just did not turn out the way that they thought he would. And I think that Thames anticipated his year would go in 2020. Schwarber you can almost look at him as a direct replacement for Adam Eaton, mm-hmm. where even though he's going to be playing a different spot in the outfield with right. Soto pushing over to right, that's basically the role he's filling. They had to find, they had to find more offense there. And the thing with Schwarber, he's going to get an on, he's going to get on base at a decent clip as well. His average will not yes. be great. So he's not going to be, he's not going to be Adam Eaton from an average perspective where Schwarber's not going to go in there and hit 280, but in modern day baseball, if he's gonna if he's gonna hit for power and he's also gonna take his walks, then I don't think that's that's necessarily a big problem. If it was a guy that was that was a pure home run hitter that didn't hit for average and wouldn't take a walk either, then I can see that being a problem in this lineup. But that's I don't think that's the type of player that Schwarber is gonna be. Is this lineup is it well rounded enough yet? I feel like 
from a general standpoint, right? If we're talking about the Nationals being in the NL Central, I think this line, I think this this team is good enough to win the division, right? If they're the National League Central, they're, they're fine. The National League East, man, I mean, your goal is to beat the Braves. I, I, and, and the Mets can say they're top dogs all you want to, but your goal is to beat the Braves, right? So is this team good enough to compete right now? I feel like that lineup is not is is not yet complete. So the thing that I would say with the Washington setup is are they going to beat the Atlanta Braves in a 162 game seasons? I would, I agree with you that I don't think this roster is set up to do that. Right. I would argue that I know you're going with this. Playoff, I, I, I know, I know this you're roster going with this. is yeah. set up if they get in, which I think they have the, they have a strong chance to do that, that they're set up to be a problem. I think that they have a lot of players that if they're properly rested and ready to go for you for a month, they have a lot of guys that are a problem. I think that over six months, mainly due to their age, kind of on the mound, offensively, I think they have enough, probably not to, not enough to, to match Atlanta. But I think that the pitching in a playoff series, in the kind of the setup they have to this roster in October, has a chance to win. I mean, you look at the, look at the guys they brought in, Kyle Schwarber, that guy's won a lot of games in his career. John Lester, I mean, his his resume speaks for itself. I right. think when you look at some of the some of the guys they have brought in that have been there and done that before, I, it looks like Mike Rizzo is trying to construct the roster in a certain way. Yes, I made the same argument you made. I made the argument that look, if it came down to October and these guys were in, it's the last team you want to see because they've made made that run from wild card all the way to the championship and you know the Mets can't say they've done that the Braves cannot say they've done that the Padres cannot say they've done that the Dodgers are the only team realistically you know that that that's going to be there at the end of the day that can say they've made the run from wire to wire so from that standpoint I'm with you I do have some concerns about getting there because of their age do you yeah i i i will listen on that i think the only way that they wouldn't to me would be if they kind of get if injuries kind of take them down which right. it could i mean that could certainly happen that and i'm happen. not banking on injury i'm just saying that yeah. like this team is not it can't survive two injuries like it's not going to survive two injuries no they're not they're not built for they're not built they can't have injuries in the pitching rotation that's yeah, for sure they can't yeah. they can't they have to stay healthy there and they have to mostly stay healthy uh, offensively as well. I think when I look at them, we're obviously getting way ahead of things here to say that they're going to be a playoff team. But do you think anyone out there wants to face Kyle Schwarber in the late innings of a playoff game? Probably not. Um, No. He might hit 220 during the season and hit 30 homers. But do you want want to have to, when when guys are tight on the mound, trying to, you know, trying to – he's a guy you try and aim aim and make the perfect pitch you're either going to walk him or if you if you make a mistake he'll probably make you pay so i think that the way they've set up that lineup and some of the guys that i mean they they they've played in world series before everyone in the the playoff rotation is a guy that's probably going to win a championship or, ha- or has or won has a won a championship yeah yeah exactly i mean even john lester in the all round. five of the, all five starters our, yeah. su- our Super Bowl champions, our World Series champions. I, even if, yeah, Joe Ross, that guy started a World Series game. Right. So you think, I mean, it's in pressure playoff baseball, 
they're a team that's that's going to be diff- they're going to be hard to beat. Yeah, I just I, I feel like there's one or two more moves, and I think like I think they make them, but you know from a like from a catcher standpoint, right? It feels like they still have a move to make there. Um, are we totally sold on the middle infield, right? Uh, are they going to add some depth at outfield? I, th- I think I think the, the outfield's done. I, I think they're going to roll with Schwarber in left. They're going to roll with Victor Robles in center. They're going to move to right field Juan Soto. And I think their utility guy ends up being Andrew Stevenson because let's be honest, Andrew Stevenson has deserved, I think, a chance to be that that fourth outfielder. Do you agree? Yeah, I do agree. He he hit the ball well at the end of last year. And what he can do for you with speed and with defense makes him pretty valuable as that number four outfielder. So I think that's a, a good way to go. And I think that the the X factor, when you look at depth and the final couple pieces, is going to be Ryan Zimmerman. Is right. that going to be a guy that's probably going to be someone that's available for you, pinch hitting late in games? Because if that's going to be his role on the 2021 roster, you can he's probably going to win you two or three games late in the late innings by having Ryan Zimmerman is a guy that can come off the bench. Cause I think he can still hit the ball, especially when you put him in that role and hopefully you can keep him healthy by not having him out there every day. All right. That will do it for part one of my conversation with Connor Jones. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LO underscore nationals. Follow me at Josh neighbors. And until tomorrow, stay safe.